Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Uh, Jaden Sullivan has come out and quoted being saying, uh, I felt like I was going to be a one-club person, Dragon always, but I wanted and needed an opportunity. I still love the Dragons. There's no bad blood there. So who's to know where my career is going to end up? Uh, look, it, this isn't like crazy that a young player would say this. It's quite normal. You know, young players are usually quite idealistic and want to be a one-club player. I think the the key in this sentence that really surprises me is, I wanted and needed an opportunity. So my assumption is that he was basically told, you know, at this stage, you're not in the first grade side. That's what shocks me that much is that with everything going on with Ben Hunt and everything going on with, you know, Amon as well, to tell your gun next seven or six, basically you're not in first grade and opportunity can be found elsewhere that is extremely surprising to me. Well, it either says he was told or maybe he was just told nothing and left in the dark. That's the side I'd probably lean towards. Then why would they release him? Like, do you know what I mean? The, the, the fact yeah. that they released him says that he wasn't. Because if he was, they would have said, mate, no way. Like, you're the next in line. Yeah, fair. Yeah, what have they seen that we haven't? Like, he just looks so good. And, and even if he – look, even if he – even if he struggled a little bit, what else is out there? And you're the, you're the dragons right now. Both of your halves are under clouds. And you don't have any more in the squad at, at this stage that are even close. Like Benny Hunt under a cloud as to whether he would stay. Because remember, he released three or four months <coughs> ago. Amon, obviously everything he's going through, super bizarre. It makes no sense to me that you would go to the next guy in line. Some would argue that he should be in front of Amon in line. But the next guy in line... And you would say, yes, we, we grant you a release. Unless, you know, maybe um, from Sullivan's perspective, he means I want to play first grade right now. And Dragons were like, you're not going to be playing first grade for another year or two. But that, the whole relationship, the, the Sullivan-Dragons relationship never seemed to work as well as you would have hoped. Mate, the whole thing, like a few years ago when you had 
Bud Sloan and these boys playing like they they won an SG ball comp a couple of years ago and the Dragons were just sitting there going <coughs> we're set for the next decade. Set, they had like five of the best yeah. young ta- they had, their talent was so good it rivaled the next generation of Panthers players. Yeah. And you're going to say that's hyperbolic. It's it's absolutely it's not. It's not. It's how it was. And now you've got we've got you know Sloan as well coming up soon. Obviously Yamone is dealing with his what he's dealing with. Essentially all of them are gone. Yeah. Did the Sullivan did Sullivan get released before Hunt came out and said he wanted a release? What was uh, the time no, I think it was after. I think it was after. Yeah, I think it was well and truly after. Like, yeah. like substantially after. I know, like, there's so much to unpack with him. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes we don't know about. But when Hunt came out and said he didn't want to be there and you had Sullivan and, and Amone, who are both, like, have such bright futures, whether or not they're ready to both lead, you know, a side now. But you think back and you just go, do you just sit there and go... Benny, you can go, we'll free up our million dollars, we'll run these two very bright talents in our halves, we're clearly in a massive rebuilding phase as it is, and we'll use the million dollars from Ben Hunt to go towards a gun fullback or a gun number nine. And again, I know there wasn't a heap on the market, so maybe they've just gone, no, 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 like we, we don't have anyone that we can get, but... Well, that, you know how I know it was after? It's because that's exactly what I suggested. Yeah. I said, look, at, at this stage, <clears throat> even with Benny Hunt in the side... You aren't playing finals footy and you come in 14th, 15th. So what's – okay, yeah, look, if you bring Bud and Amon in and you win the wooden spoon, I understand it's humiliating or whatever. But you know what's more humiliating? Staying at the bottom of the table for the next four or five years. Um, that's what I couldn't understand. When Benny Hunt – the thing is, is the Ben Hunt thing became public, you know, at a certain date. It would have been weeks and weeks, if not months before, they were aware that Ben Hunt wanted to leave. So what I don't get is they didn't go, okay, let's try and keep him, get him to stay for the first whatever weeks or month. Once you realise he is gone, especially when we heard stuff that he's willing to pay to leave, make the best of a bad situation and go, okay, he's gone, let's get a good trade for him. We bring in Bud, we bring in Amon, and we, at the very least, we buy ourselves some good grace from the fans by saying, guys, this is a bit of ahead of their time, but we're building towards the future. Yeah, as opposed to you're in a premiership window and Hunt wants to leave, you like, mate... We premiership windows are so small mm. in the NRL as we know. You're like, we can win this now. We need you to do that. Mm. It would be a different story. Yeah, but that wasn't. It was a complete opposite to that. It doesn't. And I know I get the understanding of people going. Well, you know, they're standing strong and standing firm and setting. You know, whatever. It's like, look, I get that. But at the end of the day, standing strong doesn't win your matches, and it doesn't help you win premierships in the you know future years when it comes to keeping players. What does is creating the best environment in the team to win matches. Uh, and I understand, I, I understand what you're saying there, but I look at it as going like, is it a strong culture to want to make people that don't want to be there stay there? No, that's the point yeah, I'm making. Like I, just, it just, I cannot believe Ben Hunt's still there, to be completely honest with you. I love Benny Hunt. I'm a huge fan of him. But I can't believe the Dragons have made the decision to let a guy like Bud go and keep Ben Hunt there. And, and a guy like Bud that wants to be there. Bud's not there and saying he wants yeah, to be there. Yeah. Ben's the captain and saying he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> just, it just shows you, and, and I know that a lot of um, fans feel like it's a bit of a cop-out. And look, Benny Hunt's responsible. He signed a contract. Bud Sullivan, he's all responsible. They're both adults. But at the end of the day, this is a reflection of a club that hasn't been run well for a few years now. Yeah. This is where poorly run clubs end up, where you're going, where you're scratching your head like... Sorry, mate, but you look at the Tigers. When we look at their decisions sometimes, we go, what the hell is going on? And it's the same thing with the Dragons. You go, what the hell is going on? The Bulldogs, at least, 
going, look, there's a clear path they're trying. Now, we'll be critical if that path doesn't come to fruition. And even with those decisions, they were super underwhelming this year. But at least at the Bulldogs, you can see a path forward. I don't really... That even the Tigers, to a degree, I see a path forward. You know, Benji, they've got a decent roster. At the Dragons, like, what is the path forward at the moment? Isn't it crazy when you look back at, like, Mary McGregor's time and how much the media went after him and how much it was a shit show then? And, like, I don't, if I was a Dragons fan, I'd give my right arm to go back to what it was like with Mary. They had equal <coughs> most uh, rep players when Mary was there. Five mm. or six uh, origin players. Yeah. And, yeah, mate. Yeah, it, and isn't it interesting how the media can create this vibe so quickly that like Mary just can't coach. He's a bad coach. And it's like, okay, for sure, coaches take the full brunt of most results. But how often do we see the coach get moved on and they just go complete shit? And you go, okay, was he a bad coach mm. or was he in a bad environment and the people above him are not good at running the club? That's what it seems like to me. I mean, look, West Tigers, Michael Maguire. By the end of his ten- tenure, he was like everyone agreed that he just couldn't coach anymore. It was gone. Now we all look at it and go, okay, maybe he was doing the best with what he got. Yeah. Well, I think those three years, the Tigers finished nine, ten, and eleven. Imagine match mark. with this squad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, imagine what match could do with this squad now. Compared, look, when you look at the roster, match was rolling around with compared to what they got now. Was Madge actually a miracle worker? Yeah. Like getting them to Seriously, seriously. Come back, Madge. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. Um, Interesting you mentioned the Tigers there. Bud Sutherland, he said he wanted to be a one-club player. Mm. I think he, I think he'll be a two-club player with a couple of premierships under the belt. Okay. That's my prediction. That's your prediction? Clip that up. Okay, clip yep. it up. There it is. He said it. Yep. Amy oh. said it. Um, I'm excited for Sullivan, though. I'm excited because we haven't seen the best of him yet. We've seen flashes of brilliance in his game. But if he hits his potential, uh, like a lot of fans haven't seen how good this kid can be. Yeah. And I, I think eventually, uh, I think a lot of people, because he's played a bit of 14 and all that, I think he'll end up being a genuine halfback. He is a genuine halfback. Yeah. Let's get... But, uh, but I, I think a lot of people can't see that at the moment. Oh, for sure. Because he's been fucked around in so many different positions. He's a genuine seven. He's out and out seven. Like he is a seven that... He's, he's almost... He's not the same as um, Sam Walker, but he's an electrifying seven that is an attacking absolute mm. monster. Um, and to have him as the, the bash-around guy that gets put in 14 and he's got to play lock, he's got to play hooker, it's like, mate, that is not what he is. Yeah. He said he wants to play a seven too. He's asked about it recently. He goes, I want to... <coughs> All he's ever been is a seven. Yep. Um, and, like, I think he has the talent to be uh, a good six as well. Uh, but I think eventually he'll be a seven. Yep. I really do. Uh, Tyra Sloan has also come out and he has been quoted... Um, Comments on wanting to play fullback. I really want to step up and make that position mine. On defence, he said, it's something I do lack. I'll be honest. I do lack there. I do save tries too, though. These moments are there where I'm good and there's moments there where I'm bad. You are your own worst critic and sometimes I come out of a tackle feeling for myself uh, and not just myself but letting my team down. I think what he meant by feeling um, for myself is in like I'm angry at myself for not feeling like sorry for himself Uh, but letting my team down. I mean, look, they're accurate comments, um, and it's it's good that he's being quite honest. Uh, I, I really do respect this from young players of going, you know what? Yeah, I do. And he's and he's hundred percent right. Some games you're like, Tara Sloan, love it. And then other games you're like, fuck, what's going on there? Uh, it's just a matter of executing now. You know, now you're aware and you've publicly said that. You've all you've always uh, made yourself accountable now. Yeah, and w- and we we sat here twelve months ago and 
he also pointed out flaws in his game and things he'd done wrong. So absolutely no, not in fact, it's it's pretty commendable on that he does come out publicly and say, no, I do this wrong, I do this wrong. He doesn't make excuses. I love that about Tyrell Sloan. So, but you know, so we saw similar sort of quotes, I believe, last year, and the jury's out on him. I, I'm <coughs> far from convinced, and I'm not sure. He has what it takes to be the week-in, week-out, consistent NRL footballer. That being said, he's still young. Mm. He clearly knows what he's doing wrong and he's happy to admit that, which goes a long way to improving these things. And it's, I'm not convinced by him, but he's also got so much potential that in like six months' time, we could be looking back at this moment and going, you're an idiot because he's a superstar. Yeah. He's got it in him, but I am a long way from convinced. Well, and he's at this <coughs> stage of his career where words are irrelevant now. I think words were relevant, uh, and, and I'm fully, I agree with you, I've already said it, but I'm really commendable that he's been open and honest. So it's not to say don't be open and honest. What I'm, what I, it's getting to the point of his career where you don't say it, just show us. Yeah. Just show us. Because we've said this a couple of years now, which is understandable. Young players take time to develop. I was guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna have played more in oral games than me and a better in oral player than me. But uh, he's at a stage now where okay, we appreciate it and uh, so commendable that he's come out and been honest like that, but need to show us because another year of this and unfortunately it'll be minimum contract somewhere else or super league. Well and yeah, I think that's you know this is his last year at the Dragons, and you know we could get to halfway through this year. And if he if he plays his absolute best footy during the year, he could have sixteen clubs lining up. Yeah, seriously. But seriously. if he does what he's done, it Super League could be his only option. Yeah, that's the reality. It, of it. it could so easily be either end of that yeah. spectrum, couldn't it? Like we, we could be sitting here going, like this this young superstar kid. He's he's exploded onto the scene. He's the best young fullback in the competition. Like that's his ceiling, but. It's just the consistency and just committing to the game. Just committing, going 80 minutes, fully zoned in. I'm fucking here for 80 minutes. Not, you know, score a, you know, a length of the field try and then I might, you know, switch off for a little bit. It's 80 minutes of just fully um, committing to it. And I, I hope he does, man, because he, he seems like a great kid. He really mm. does. But he really is at the point of his career where it's just... It's now or never. Yeah. It really is now or never. And the reality is he's in a tough spot because based off his performances the last few years, like this year, <laughs> he can't be good. He has to be great. Yeah. Or people are going to come after him. And he has to be consistent as well. Like he can't go four good games and one bad game because as yep. soon as he has the bad game, it is the world's going to yeah. end. That, that's the exact script we're all expecting. Yeah. But if he goes – he's he, he, honestly, he'd be better off – if he went 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 5 out of 10, he'd actually be better off going 8 out of 10 for the whole yep. year. Yeah. Just 8 out of 10. Oh, yeah. He would be better off at the end of the year, fans going, Sloan was pretty good this year. Yep. Then, fuck, did you see Sloan's incredible fucking highlight reel? But, jeez, are we, he, some of his moves. He touches on it, but I just want to see him throwing his body at blokes in defence. Yeah, for sure. And putting it out there. And he might get shrugged off or thrown or whatever because he's you know, a bit leaner, a bit smaller and that. But I don't care. I just want to see the attitude defensively. We know he can do it in attack. Don't be wrong. There's a lot of like positioning and stuff that needs work, but... Defensively is where the attitude comes in. You go, do you really want to do this or not? Do you want to get in front of Mike Acevo that's mm. about to absolutely steamroll you and you're a 1% chance of stopping and saving a try? Mm. Or do you want to let him through? Because yeah. that's what you need to do to be an NRL player. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like what was so commendable uh, as part of Reese Walsh's game this year that I felt improved a lot 
is that he was willing to put his body in front of the line. I think it's what's been so commendable with Caelan Ponga pretty much from the get-go. He's always been willing to put his body in front. Now, sometimes his defence lapsed early on in his career, but he's gotten so much better at it. Teddy's gotten better at it. Gutho, like all, like that defensive uh, position at a fullback, it's a tough position. And not just tough as in put your body in front, just getting your body in the right position yeah. in these one-on-one situations. Well, you just did as an example, and I just mentioned, you know, when Tyler Sloan next is one-on-one with Mike Acevo, James Tedesco tried to stop Mike Acevo once he got knocked out and yep. couldn't come. Exactly. He had a crack. He had a crack. And, you know, some people online talk shit about it, but the majority, the silent majority, go, he had a fucking dick. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, Tim's sitting there saying, yeah, put your body in front of Mike Acevo, Steam like, well, I'm not an NRL player and never will be. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's what Tyrell needs to do. Not with that attitude, mate. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, still time, still time. <laughs> um, now, uh, also, Bulldogs have met with Jerome Luai. Uh, look, I get it from, and they've just met to see whether he's open to leaving uh, the Penrith Panthers. I don't know if this is the right fit for him uh, because I know there's been chat around Burton moving back to the centres. I just wonder how their salary cap would be balanced with a guy like Critter, who may or may not work at fullback, but we know he's at cent- we know he's a good centre. Like, if put it this way, the salary cap if Burton and Critter end up in the centres. Now that that's an incredible fucking centre pairing, like unbelievable centre pairing. But I'm assuming they're both on pretty big wicket. Mm. So I don't know how the, the salary cap would balance out that way. Um, what do you guys think about Bulldogs with Jerome Luai? I don't think so. I agree with you, mate. I think Burton, you know, they've addressed him as their guy moving forward and I still think he is their guy. Yeah, um, I mean, if you expected Burton to arrive at Canterbury after 30 first-grade games... He's still so young. ...to turn a team that was coming dead last year in, year out, or around straight away... I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Like you got to like he's a five eight. Some people want to argue that he's best position center. They had him playing halfback last year. That was crazy. That was wild. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that Toby Sexton is going to be the guy at Canterbury. And I thought that he was he had a very positive impact on them next like last year. But I would be I'd just be going all in on Matty Burton. He's he's also just what Canterbury's about. He's, he's got a bit of shit in him. Mm. When Canterbury's at their best, they've got cocky guys like Matt Burton going about their business. I just think that, like, you're telling me you can't turn him into a good six? Fuck. Like, he's got – he's still so young. He's got everything you need to be a big, good ball-running six. I don't understand – I don't get the, the – the, um, look, I understand it because he's so good at centre, but it's like – he. I, are you not seeing what I'm saying? I feel like he's, he can be a good six. Now, I'm not saying he will end up being one of the better sixes in the competition, but he has all the ingredients, yeah. all the ingredients to be a good quality six. Just give him a bit of time there in a good squad. Timmy, what do you recommend? Oh, same as you boys. My mind, when I saw this news, it wasn't even about Luai. I just went straight to Matty Burton. Mm. Because if Luai signs with them, well, they're fully serious about the Burton to centre move, which is fine. But I don't think long-term you're probably going to persist with Burton and Luai in the halves because they're two out-and-out five-eights. Mm. We've seen Luai, you know, at the World Cup. We spoke about it recently, but he, you know, he, he can play seven, but his best foot is at number six. You know, the combination there with Viliami Kikau, if Luai rocked up, that'd be outstanding. It could work, but as I said, it's pushing Burton to centre. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And you've already touched on it, but Burton is not a seven. He doesn't talk enough on field. Apparently it's very quiet and it's easy to say you can get this confidence and you can get the chat into players out there, but it's not that easy. It's Some people just don't have it in them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine. Yeah, and that's fine. He can be a, a really, he can be a great number six. It obviously means he needs the right number seven with him to talk, but if Luai is to end up there, I, I just, I think it's putting Bird into centre where I just think he's wasted um, w- with what he's capable of. Mm. Yeah, I think as well, like, Give Sexton a crack. He's still young as well. I don't, I don't see why he can't work out. I really don't. And like Sexton came into that side halfway through the season. Like didn't have a preseason or anything with him. Like it's tough as a halfback to come in mid-season. And I thought he did really well. And apparently, apparently he came straight in. I know the doggies you know, didn't necessarily finish the season on fire when, Bert, uh, when Sexton came in. But it was also the end of the year. That tie would have. Like you're not going to change things straight away. But yeah. Sexton on all reports is a talker. Mm. And he rocked up at the club and he had ideas and he'd chat to Seraldo and say, what about this, this and this? Mm-hmm. That is what Burton needs. So let, give that combination some time to flourish because yeah. it could be something special. Agreed. And also it's not going to – like Burton eventually maybe breaks the bank, but Sexton, Burton, Marnie and Critter, they're not breaking, breaking the bank. Mm. You know, like Critter right now is not on a million dollars. Burton definitely isn't. Sexton isn't. Marnie isn't close. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you've got this spine that's quite it, – it's a building – it's a quite a good building spine. And also, if Burton does become the player, you know he can. And if Critter does as well, you've got a, a, a spine in four or five years that maybe could challenge for top four. I'll tell you the other one too. Like, I know people probably aren't looking at him as a halfback, but they could do much worse than having Hutcho at halfback. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Fucking oath. Um, we saw what he did with the Roosters at the end of the back of the year. Very unlucky to get dropped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Luai at Bulldogs. I just don't know. I don't know if it works positionally, but also don't know if it works salary cap wise long term for them, because the risk of ending up with Critter and Burton in the centres. I just don't think they're a club that can afford that because yep. they're not challenging for premierships, so they're not earners. You can't have both your centres as highest paid players. Yeah, for sure. And I, I see that. In the comments all the time, people saying, "Oh, these guys aren't playing their best positions. Just play them at centre." I'm like. Like, if you've got a gun centre, that's the icing on the cake. If you don't have the fucking cake, what's yeah. the point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. They, they are not if, – if they sign with, you know, the Broncos or with the Panthers, sure, play them in at centre, their absolute best position potentially. But you can't – you, you need to get off the bottom of the ladder. You need your stars having as much ball as they possibly can. Straight icing will make you sick. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> We've always said it. <laughs> Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.